Hey everyone, I'm Justin Fiedler and this is Dirt Tracker Conversations. California is always high on the list of dirt racing areas in the country, and after a brutal 2020 due to COVID regulations and restrictions, the state and its dirt racing are coming back to life. This time on the show, I'm joined by Gary Thomas, who announces at Placerville Speedway and works with the Sprint Car Challenge Tour and more, to talk all things California, including a bunch of Sprint Car stuff. We covered off on a bunch of the tracks, the Nart King of the West series, the Sprint Car Challenge Tour, and talked about a bunch of drivers. Gary is a guy that is super locked into the dirt racing community on the West Coast, and it was great to chat with him. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Gary Thomas. Gary, you're, you're one of those guys, if you follow sprinkler racing, dirt racing on the West Coast and, and California specifically, people will know who you are. But for people that maybe don't know who Gary Thomas is, give me an idea of, of the things that you do in, in dirt racing on the West Coast. Yeah, so, uh, so right now I'm the, the PA announcer and the public relations director over at Placerville Speedway. I, I do PR work with Tulare Thunderbolt, uh, the Stockton Dirt Track, and I, I kind of bounce around from track to track announcing. I think I have nine or 10 shows at Watsonville Ocean Speedway this year. Um, last year I did some micro stuff. So basically I just bounce around from place to place, but my number one commitment is Placerville Speedway. And then uh, I'm also the business manager and announcer with the Sprint Car Challenge Tour, our 360 wing series out here that uh, didn't have a chance to race last year, but uh, it looks like we're going to have a full season here in 2021. Nice. Give me a like a rundown kind of on the history of Placerville. I feel like Placerville is one of these places that's like almost iconic. It's this cool little bull ring and it's like kind of set in this hillside and and like Placerville isn't a place that even I knew about until I started working for the Outlaws, you know, years ago. But give me an idea about the history of that place and, and the hang town and, and all of that stuff. And, and, you know, kind of bring me up to where we are today. Yeah, it's a great facility. Uh, it's been around since 1965. Uh, so this year is our 56th season. Last year, we were going to have a big 55th anniversary celebration, which, of course, we couldn't have due to COVID. But uh, it's a great little bull ring, uh, very loyal fan base. They like to have a good time. Um, you know, it's red clay, very unique for out here in California. Um, you know, normally we have the sticky gumbo adobe clay like we see at Petaluma, Chico and other places. But uh, Placerville is very unique for out here. It is. It's built on this, basically the side of a hill. The pit area overlooks um, turns three and four. So it's very uh, it's a unique vantage point from out there. Basically, if you're a fan, you can go out in the pit area and you don't even have to turn your head when you're watching the races. It's like it's all right there in front of you. Um, and the all time track record there is a nine, nine, one, three. So. They get around there in pretty good, pretty good fashion. Um, no, it is. It's a great place. Scott Russell and Cammy Arnold took it over. I think this is now their sixth year. I think I've been there five years. Uh, they took over one year prior to, to me joining the festivities over there. But um, it, it's several different promoters have had it throughout the years. But uh, Scott and Cammy have just they've kind of elevated, you know, the experience, the facility improvements. Um, you know, I'd put it right up there with one of the premier facilities on the West Coast, not just because I work there, but uh, it really is. Give me an idea about kind of the schedule there. I, I know, you know, we've seen word of outlaw shows in there in the past and, and kind of the weekly sprint car action, but what is the, what is a full season of, of normal racing look like at Placerville? Yeah. So we have about 15 or 16 uh, championship point races, which usually consist of wing 360 sprint cars, limited late model, pure stocks. Uh, we have a mini truck division and then we normally bring in a, a traveling organization like dwarf cars or the midget lights, which are now called the lightning sprints. Um, so we have a pretty substantial boat of uh, weekly point races. We always have a couple King of the West Arc 410 shows, a couple Sprint Car Challenge Tour appearances. And uh, as you said, the World of Outlaws, we're excited to have them back this year for the first time on a Saturday. Uh, it's always been a midweek show. So we've always kind of wanted to find that Saturday date. Luckily, it worked out for 
for all parties. And uh, we're looking forward to that later in the year. The USAC uh, West Coast 360s and the Midgets are there a couple of times. And that's kind of a lead into the Hangtown 100 later in the year, three nights of USAC National Midget Racing. But uh, another couldn't have it last year due to COVID. But uh, the first outing of that a couple of years ago was very successful. So we're looking for bigger and better things this year. And that's another event that took place on a midweek date a couple of years ago. Now it's on the weekend. So uh, that should be outstanding. But uh, yeah, we have a full boat, a lot of variety. Monster trucks come later in the year. We have trucker track poles. So uh, pretty much everything a motorsports fan wants to see, uh, we offer it at Placerville. Give me an idea right now about kind of the state of, of the dirt tracks in California. And it seems like, you know, there's obviously been a ton of restric- restrictions and like most tracks couldn't even race last year. And it seems like slowly things are kind of starting to come back. We've seen some more racing, obviously Placerville open, but give me an idea of, of, you know, as you kind of look around the state where we are with which tracks are open and which are still kind of struggling through some stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it seems like everything is moving in the right direction. Um, luckily we've had three shows this year at Placerville with, with, fans we know we have a limited capacity but uh, i think all three of those have been very successful uh, i mean obviously one person is better than what we had last year um with grandstands a lot of the tracks uh a lot of the tracks are starting to get uh, some sort of a capacity in the grandstands petaluma had their first event with fans last sunday uh Tulare thunderbolt finally is able to have some fans in the stands uh ocean speedway right now is the one track that can't have fans but May 7th is what they finally got um, the county and fairgrounds to approve for fans back in the stands there. So uh, everything seems like it's moving in the right direction um, for pretty much all the tracks in California and all the venues that have had fans so far have uh, been fairly successful. You know, they're selling a lot of beer. People are, uh, you know, they've been cooped up for a whole year. So, uh, you know, they're ready to start having a good time. And uh, that's been fun to see. Uh, give me an idea about about Keller, you know, in Hanford. It seemed like they were kind of one of the first to come back. What was different about that racetrack? Is it just the county there that allowed them to come back before other people, or what was the kind of situation there? Yeah, so in California, it really depends on your county, your fairgrounds. Um, there's a lot of loopholes you have to go through. Luckily, Peter Murphy uh, down at Colorado Speedway was able to have uh, pit pass sales last year. They still couldn't sell tickets, uh, but at least you could use the grandstands after buying a pit pass. Now, this past week, they uh, finally got their first event since I think February of last year to actually sell tickets. And they had a, a fairly good crowd on hand. Now that's one track still that can't sell beer. So it's, you know, it's like I say, it's a county by county deal. Um, so that's obviously a big revenue stream that, that Peter has missed out on, but hopefully that'll, that'll come sooner, sooner rather than later. Uh, I know we're going down there with our sprint car challenge tour uh, in May. That's his next event. So he has a, you know, a few weeks off to kind of get things ready to go there for his big Peter Murphy classic, which is, Friday at Hanford this year and Saturday down at Tulare. Uh, you, you mentioned Sprint Car Challenge Tour, and it's definitely something I want to ask you about, obviously, with your involvement in the series and, and it kind of, you know, coming up here in the last couple of years. But but give me an idea about, you know, where the Sprint Car Challenge Tour has kind of come in the last couple of years. And, and you know, obviously the difficulties of last year, not even be able to run, but now being back this year for a full schedule. Like, what are you kind of looking forward to this year? Yeah, I, I felt going into 2020, it was going to be the, the best season yet for the Sprint Car Challenge Tour. Uh, we're only a few years old. 2017 was the first year. And, uh, you know, not all the tracks were, were on the schedule. But now we, we've added Watsonville Ocean Speedway, uh, Silver Dollar Speedway as a date. Marysville Raceway has, a, has a, a show this year. So I think this year should be the best one yet. You know, I mean, I think and, you know, for it to work out for all the parties involved, the promoters, you know, we'd like to go to almost every track in California at least once. We want to keep the schedule right around 13 or 14 shows, um, which this year is going to be 13 point races and one special event later on at, at Merced with the National Midgets. 
But uh, no, I mean, it, things are going well for it. You know, our next event is going to be in Petaluma here already next weekend. And then after that, um, Chico is supposed to have an event May 1st. That's kind of things still up in the air. But after that, it should be uh, smooth sailing ahead. Who are some guys we should pay attention to that could win races and, and possibly that championship this year? Well, you know, I mean, Andy Forsberg's always a guy you got to point at. You know, he may have not has won as you know often as he may have liked the last year or so, but he's always a threat. Uh, Justin Cox, I think, is going to be a, a threat there at Placerville uh, on a weekly basis. You got guys like Caleb Henry, um, Tanner Carrick. The Carrick brothers have started out this season strong. I don't know if they're going to run every single show, but uh, they've been very fast. And there's a lot of young kids that are you know starting to make a name for themselves, like Joel Myers Jr., who's come on like gangbusters this year. Um, it's been very competitive out here in California so far, and I'm sure it's going to be that same way, uh, pretty much throughout uh, the whole season into November. When you work for a series like the sprint car challenge tour, are there difficulties in trying to get those tracks scheduled? Like I, I know three sixties are such a big deal there and there's so many options for guys to go race at, uh, you know, all the time. Is it difficult to try to find those dates to be able to schedule the sprint car challenge tour? Well, and that's, that's the other thing too, is that, uh, my bosses, Scott Russell, Cammy Arnold are working with, uh, the King of the West NARC series. Jim Allen is in charge of that. And there's no conflict between the two. So it definitely does make it a little bit difficult because there's only so many weekends to go around. Of course, you know, you're going to go dark for events like the trophy cup. And, uh, when the world of outlaws are out here, you, you try to go dark during those, uh, weekends, but, uh, it, uh, it actually worked out really well last year, and I think the schedule this year is even a little bit better. Um, like I said, we've added Chico and Marysville and, and Watsonville, and you know all three of those are, are championship-style facilities out here on the West Coast that it should definitely be a part of the series. Um, we're going down to Hanford a couple times this year with Peter. Um, so, you know, it, it's really – it came together well, and uh, like I said, as long as things keep improving like they're going right now, I think we're going to be in for a stellar season. Uh, I, I want to ask you kind of about a bunch of different drivers, but one of the guys that has run in California some here in the last year or so and is doing really well, you know, right now kind of on a, on a national basis as he moves out is J.J. Hickel. And obviously he's not a driver from California, but he raced a lot in California. But tell me about him and, and why you think he's having the success he's had so far this season, winning the first two ASCS national tour shows. Yeah, when, when he joined the Warden family, that 63 team, you know, I think they were at the start, they were kind of feeling each other out and then they they made improvements here and there to their, their whole package. And, uh, God, right around midway through last season, all of a sudden it was like a switch was flipped. We went back up to, to Knoxville and Oskaloosa and it's just, you could see it was like a total difference in JJ Hickle and that team. And, uh, and then later in the season, he won an event in Hanford that just blew us away. I mean, and then of course, earlier this year, won another show in Hanford and, uh, has been very successful out there. So that that's been cool to see. Uh, you know, we, we wish we could have him out here in California, but, uh, they're doing great things this year. And uh, once the ASCS national tour finally gets going, I think he's going to be a, a legitimate threat from that championship. Do you think he's a guy we could see kind of move up into the 410 ranks and, and be somebody in the future that we might see with the all, you know, with the all-stars or with the outlaws? I mean, with what he's done this last six months or so, anything's possible. Um, I, I think that this is going to be the last year for the Warden family as a team. If, if memory serves me correct, they kind of thought last year was going to be their final year, but uh, they wanted to go out on the road and, and do the ASCS national tour this year um, and kind of, go out with a bang, so to speak. But uh, I mean, if they keep having success, hopefully they, they continue running and uh, they, they, you know, have second thoughts about hanging it up. Uh, Justin Sanders. I feel like every week we hear about a new Justin Sanders win and it's like, he's doing it like across multiple cars and different racetracks. Like, I mean, where is Sanders at right now in terms of kind of the hierarchy of, of California sprint car drivers is like, I mean, is he kind of top of the sheet right now? You know, it's funny. I was thinking a couple of weeks ago about drivers that are in their prime and, you know, we have young drivers, 
drivers in their prime and, and older veterans. And Justin, he's 28, 29 years old. Uh, he's kind of right in that area of being in his prime where we don't seem to have a ton of those guys out here right now. Kyle Hurst is another one that's kind of in his, uh, you know, low thirties, but he doesn't run as much anymore. So Justin is, is certainly primed to continue doing what he's doing. Um, but then, you know, you do have some of the old guys, like, I don't want to call them old, but Andy Forsberg and Bud Katie, you know, they're in their forties and, uh, they just won races last weekend too. So they're still, they're still out here. They're still fast, but, uh, yeah, what Justin does is impressive. He of course drives for Dale Miller, uh, in the 4SA at Placerville and with the Sprint Car Challenge Tour, he drives for Larry Antea with the King of the West 410s. And then he still has his own family car that he runs at uh, Ocean Speedway on Friday nights. And uh, it doesn't matter what car he drives, he is up on the wheel. Uh, DJ Neto is another one I want to ask you about. I, I had Drew Warner on my show uh, not long ago, a month or two ago, kind of talking about you know their situation with DJ and, and a lot of the 410 stuff. And he's obviously mm-hmm. been very fast so far this year. And uh, I, I think he's won, there's been what, two or three 410 shows so far in California this year. Yeah. And I think he's won like all of them at this point. Um, but where do you see a guy like him kind of fitting into this? Is he a guy that's going to win this, this, you know, NARC 410 championship? Is, is there somebody that can challenge him for that 410 deal? What do you think there? Yeah. You know, I've talked about guys in their prime and I failed to mention somebody like a DJ Neto or a Dominic Selzy um, that are, you know, they've been around the sport for a long time. They've got a lot of experience and now they're, they're kind of becoming the guys when it comes to racing in California. And, uh, Neto's is just someone that's progressively gotten better and better. And I think he's, he's finally found a, you know, a crew chief that sticks with him. Uh, Drew Warner and those two guys have just been a dynamite combination. Um, I had the chance to announce the race down in Stockton and he utterly dominated that one. And it sounded like he was another dominating win uh, in Hanford last Saturday. So uh, yeah, DJ is another one that's just going to probably win, you know, upwards of, he may even get to 10, like, like a Sanders already has seven total. Um, those two guys are poised to, kind of lead the way in wins along with a, a guy like Dominic Selzy who has several wins already this year as well. But uh, you know, there are, it's, it's a great mix out here. It is. There's a lot of young kids. There are guys like the Selzy's and the Nettos and the Sanders that are kind of entering, becoming the guys, you know, where a few years ago it was uh, people like Jonathan Allard and, and Forsberg and uh, Sean Becker, which, you know, they're still doing well, but uh, these guys like Sanders and Neto are kind of becoming the guys. Uh, you mentioned the Carricks before, and, and obviously Tanner's a guy we've seen out with the USAC Midgets kind of, you know, on a, on a national scale. But the two of them, Tanner and Blake, have done really well this year. And, and obviously those cars are, are easy to spot on the racetrack. But, you know, where do those guys kind of fit in here? Do you know, do you see them at some point, you know, moving up and, and running a sprint car challenge tour, a, a 410, maybe maybe doing more national stuff? Like, where do you think they kind of fit in here? Yeah, you know, those, those two kids are a couple of the ones that are just another that are coming on uh, especially last year, Blake Carrick. I mean, he, he won our rookie of the year award with the challenge tour a couple of years ago. And then last season um, just grow, grew by leaps and bounds. And uh, it's continued this year. I mean, basically no matter where you go in California, it seems like one of those Carrick guys are up front. Uh, they're in the top five, they're setting fast times. And Clark Riolo has uh, the crew chief has done a fabulous job with both of them. Uh, it's great to have Tanner now kind of committing full-time to sprint car racing. Of course, he ran the midget quite a bit uh, the last few years, but uh He's a guy, Ryan Robinson's another one that ran a lot of midget stuff and now is kind of committed to racing a wing sprint car. You've seen him, you know, grow by leaps and bounds as well. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, the Carricks, they're as good as anybody right now in California, that's for sure. And uh, Blake just turned 17, uh, Tanner's 19, so they have a bright future ahead. As we kind of look around the state, you know, in the, in the coming weeks, coming months, what are those events? What are those tracks that you're excited to see racing from to, you know, to maybe check out in person or, or maybe watch in a, in a live stream here coming up? About uh, back east or out here, you think? Uh, in California, in California. In California. You know, I mean, we have a lot. Uh, Plasterville, we take a couple weeks off. Uh, our sprint cars take a couple weeks off, and then we kind of have the 
the late models and the pro stocks and the modifieds kind of take center stage. Uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to the Peter Murphy Classic here in about a month or so, May 14, 15. For the first time, it's going to be uh, at two different tracks. Friday's at Hanford, Saturday's at Tulare. Um, the first night is Sprint Car Challenge, two or three sixties, and then uh, unsanctioned four tens. The next night it flips around where KWS sanctions the four tens, and then the three sixties are the Kings of Thunder. Um, so that's going to be a great event. You know, you got wing four tens, wing three sixties. Peter always does a great job with it. Um, I'm looking forward to that. And then, of course, hopefully we'll get back to Chico here coming up. They haven't ran a lot the last year or so. And that's, you know, that's another one of those places that when you think of California, you think of Silver Dollar Speedway. So we're hoping that um, at some point fans can get back in the stands there and we can uh, get back racing in Chico as well. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming. Um, the King of the West Series, they start up more or less in May, and then uh, they're, they're very heavy in the summer as well. Can you explain to me the the kind of Kings of Thunder situation? Like, I feel like that's a name I've seen pop up here recently. Is that something that's been around a while? And I know that there's like a 360 version and a 410 version, but explain yeah. to me what exactly Kings of Thunder is. Yeah, so it's been around for about two or three years. It's basically just a, a co-track deal between uh, Colorado Speedway and then Tulare Thunderbolt. Colorado used to be known as King Speedway, so Kings of Thunder is kind of a, the play on words. But uh, it basically started as just a 360 deal. Um 10 or 12 shows uh, between the two tracks. And then now Peter's kind of got some uh, 410 shows that are unsanctioned. So we added the, the KOT name to that. He's done a few uh, non-wing shows with the KOT name as well. So it's kind of like a co-track deal between uh, Tulare and Hanford. I know they, they had a show down at Kern County, which was a non-point event, but uh, it, it, it really is a great thing to the Central Valley. I mean, they have a great base of drivers down there when it comes to, to wing sprint car racing. A lot of kids coming out of the micro ranks and then, uh, a lot of some of the guys out of the 305s are really starting to kind of progress and get into the 360s more and more as well. So uh, it is a, a very great time to be a race fan and a race team down in uh, Hanford to Larry. Uh, as we kind of look around too, I, I want to talk a little bit about some of the other things besides wing sprint car racing. And we just saw Ryan Bernal grab a, a USAC a West Coast 360 win and, and Mitchell Moles uh, grab a midget win as well. When you kind of look at some of the non-wing stuff, who are some of those guys and some of those names that excite you out there? Yeah, I mean, of course, it's always Damian Gardner is always kind of the guy that, that's always on the edge. And I think I just saw that Paris is finally um, able to start racing again this weekend with with USAC CRA. So that's a huge thing. I mean, it's been a, a big void in Southern California without without Paris running. Um, but yeah, Ryan Burnell is now driving for Matt Wood here and there in a non-wing car. So that should be a potent combination. Um, and I think it's all good things ahead with the USAC West Coast Series and the Midgets with I think Doug Lockwood is kind of, you know, more involved in that. And uh, that should hopefully be positive for, for everyone. And speaking of Doug, I know that big modified weeks coming up. What, what, uh, if I remember correctly, last year was kind of like a traveling deal where they kind of hit up a bunch of tracks. Are they going to kind of do something similar with that this year? Yeah, pretty, pretty much the same thing. They just added a few more venues. I think it's seven or eight days in a row. Um, and yeah, last year was a huge success. I think there was darn near 50 cars and the, the regular modifies and the sport mods. And, uh, Looking forward to having them back at Placerville again this year. They're on a Friday night, then they go over to Chico and finish off their week. But uh, that should be an exciting time. I think Ch Chet Christner is coming out for that too. Nice. Uh, so they'll all be on flow. So that should be a really cool um, week-long happening. I guess that's, you know, something else too, is like, I feel like when we think about California dirt racing, we think about all of the open wheel stuff, right? We think about the, the sprint cars and the non-wing stuff and all of this, but you know, with the modifieds and some of the other divisions out there, like how healthy is, is dirt racing out there just kind of as a whole? Yeah, it really is. You know, I mean, a lot of the time with the modifies and the sport mods, it's uh, it runs so many places around California. So, the you know, the weekly counts aren't aren't gigantic. But when they run big shows, it's it's pretty impressive. We had the uh, the Pettit shootout last year at Watsonville it was a two day show and it was three divisions. And I think we had one hundred and 
60 cars or something like that combined between a mods uh, sport mods and then hobby stocks so i mean there's a lot of cars around california and uh you know i mean i'm a sprint car guy you know i'll admit that but i do enjoy watching the stock cars the modifieds um our guys at placerville put on a, an exceptional show um they're fun to watch at watsonville and all the other tracks as well but uh you know we do have quite a bit of variety out here in california that is for sure are you going to get a chance to get out and travel a, a, a little nationally this year? I, I know you're kind of a usual at, at Knoxville, but are, are there some places you're going to try to get to this year? Yeah, so we always go to Knoxville. Um, right now that's up in the air. My brother's kind of battling some medical deals, so we're going to kind of play that by ear. But uh, I know one event that I'm really looking forward to is getting back to Houston's for that uh, USAC Sprint Car and Midget Show. Got tickets, uh, got a hotel, just need just need the airlines now. But uh, going back there with a few buddies for, for that event in uh, September, and that should be really exciting. Um, Never been to Houston, so uh, that's one track that I want to check off on the bucket list for sure. And uh, doesn't get much better than three nights of you know national sprint cars and midgets. Yeah, for sure. When you kind of look around as a sprint car guy nationally right now, I mean, we've got you know some pretty serious California guys out there kind of taking charge of some of this stuff. Obviously, Buddy Kofoid is is doing well right now with the USAC midgets and and all of the other wins he's got this year in the sprint car. Uh, you know, Brad Sweet obviously dominating the Outlaws the last couple of years, and 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 Corey Elias, and I, I still think is probably the favorite for the All Star title. But when you look around, you know, what do you think about what those guys are doing, and and, and what do you just kind of think generally about the national scene this year? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely making us proud, guys like like Brad Sweet and, and Buddy Kofoid. I mean, uh, you know, Buddy, we saw him out here in, in a sprint car when he was 11 years old racing in Nevada. So uh, we kind of, you know, got to see him jump through the ranks uh, each and every season, and he's doing a great job. And you talk about Corey Eliason, who hopefully this year will be the all-star champion. You know, we're all pulling for him. He's another one that started out. He and Brad Sweet both started out, you know, just kind of scrapping things together to get to the track each and every week with their own car. Um you know, so it's not like they were just handed all the best of the best right in the beginning, you know, and they've, you know, progressed through their careers. Now they're both in outstanding situations with, with of course, Casey Kane and uh, Rudine Racing. But uh, yeah, I mean, the national deal, it seems like Casey Kane is, is the place to be right now with, with James McFadden and Brad Sweet. I mean, those guys are clearly um, just above and beyond everyone right now. And it'll be interesting to see if they can continue that through the summer as well. What are you thinking about in terms of like, you know, I, you know, you talk about the Houston's weekend, some of the USAC stuff, like when, when you look at those series, you know, who are some guys you think could win the USAC, you know, national sprint car championship. And like, and it, is it Kofoid? Like I, I feel like Kofoid's probably the favorite for the midget deal, but as you know, who do you think are right. guys that could challenge him for that? I definitely think buddy, the way he's running right now is certainly uh, the favorite, but you know, that midget racing is so tough. I mean, every, every night it's a battle. It's never easy. It seems like you you never get strung out. There's always somebody on top of you. Um, and that racing in Port City last week caught some of that on uh, on flow, and that was outstanding. You know, and the midgets are probably some of the best racing you're going to see anywhere in, in the country right now. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's amazing that the talent that they have. They have a lot of young kids out there. But uh, you know, I mean, it, of course, with Tyler Courtney kind of doing the uh, this, the wing sprint car deal a, a little more, that kind of opens up the opportunities for some other guys to get their uh, their way in a victory lane. And of course, I mean, guys like Chris Windham. And, and Kevin Thomas Jr. They're so good. Um, just naturally gifted racers and uh, love watching non-wing sprint cars and wing sprint cars. And, uh, you know, out here in California, it seems like it's kind of divided with non-wing stuff down in SoCal and wing stuff up here. And, you know, some of the non-wing guys don't like the wing stuff and the wing guys don't like the non-wing stuff. But, uh, you know, if you're a sprint car fan, you're a sprint car fan. It don't matter what you're watching. 
Are there a couple of guys that, you know, California, like, like we've talked about with some of these national guys is such a hotbed for talent, you know, and we've talked about a bunch of these guys already with, with, you know, the Carricks and, and Hickle and some of these guys that are coming out of that area, but are there some other names that we should maybe be paying attention to that are going to be coming out of the West coast, you think in, in, in the coming years that could be, you know, on the national scene? Yeah, I mean, it's such a great outlaw card scene and a, and a micro scene out here. It's, uh, the, you know, the feeder programs are unbelievable. Um, like I think I mentioned, I had the chance to go do some micro stuff last year and the, the amount of talent that they have down in that in those classes is unbelievable. Um, and, you know, they're starting to trickle their way into sprint car racing. Uh, Joel Myers Jr. is a, a kid that just turned 15 a couple years or a couple days ago. And uh, he is he's another one that's just come on this year, like out of nowhere. You know, I mean, he kind of has been racing a few years now i think he might have been a little young to be racing and he kind of admitted that but uh you know he's starting to starting to pick it up a kid like joey ancona is has won so many races in the micros and uh quarter midgets and he's another one that's just getting better and better um you know landon brooks is a kid that won the cycleland outlaw car championship i think it was last year or two years ago and now he's getting into a sprint car at placerville um so i'm really excited to see how he progresses how his career goes um, but I mean, there are a lot, you know, a lot of micro kids, a lot of outlaw car kids. And, uh, like you, you talked about the Carricks, I mean, those two, those two guys are going to be, they'll be going national at some point. That's for sure. What are those tracks? You know, I, tell me the, like the iconic tracks out there in California. I know cycle lands, one of them, red bluff. What are those places though, where kids are coming out of down there? Yeah. So basically up North, if, if you live up North, you're, you're running an outlaw car at uh, Cycleland or Red Bluff, they do some stuff at Lakeport. And then if you're from down in, you know, the Fresno area, you're probably a micro guy and you're running uh, Plaza Park and uh, um, Lamore. I had the chance to go there last year. That's a cool little track. Uh, Delta Speedway has a great group of racers as well. They kind of bounce around, you know, between the micro stuff where it's, it's Delta, Lamore, Plaza Park and Dixon. They kind of have a little four track, um, not, not really a series, but that's where all the micro kids race at. Um, and they are, there's some great facilities. I mean, some of those micro tracks I've checked out are, uh, every bit as good as some of our sprint car facilities. Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate the time today, Gary, where can people keep up with you? Where can we see you next? You know, give me the social media stuff, all of that. Yeah. If you want to follow me, um, I'm on Twitter at Gary Thomas GT, and then, uh, check out our, our track website, classvillespeedway.com. That's, that's basically my home away from home. Um, and we have a full season of racing on tap. Many of our shows are on, are on flow racing. Um, we're looking forward to, as we said, the World of Outlaws later this year. The USAC National uh, Midgets are coming, and we have a lot of great stuff uh, ahead at Placerville, but really all throughout California. Cool. Well, thanks for the time today, Gary. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate it. Placerville Speedway is in action this Saturday night for Wing 360s, Pure Stocks, Mini Trucks, and BCRA Lightning Sprints. You'll hear Gary on the mic there and with the Sprint Card Challenge Tour coming up at Petaluma Speedway on April 24th. You can find the Dirt Tracker podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get podcasts. You can also watch the shows on YouTube. For more cool dirt racing stuff, visit DirtTracker.com and follow Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.